Let it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This may turn into a prayer meeting. It doesn't matter. Let the Spirit of the God do what He wants to do. Let it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God we serve is almighty in power. The Bible says he is alpha and he's omega. He's the beginning and he is the ending. He is the Lord of hosts. He is the king of kings. And there is none like him. None even close. That same God incarnate in Luke 10, 19, and 20. That same God said, Behold, looking at His disciples, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. If we would get that one verse deep into our hearts, deep into our spiritual systems, we would never be the same ever again. He teaches right there that the spirits are subject to us. And I'm going to read it in context as, as, as I go through the word. But if we would just get a hold of that, I'm telling you, You don't have to let the devil push you around. There's coming a day when we're going to look down in our glorified bodies and say, is that the one? Is he the one that troubled the nations? That little shriveled up shrimp? He had the whole world deceived thinking he was a monster, like he was God's adversary, but he's nothing. Look at him. I believe God wants to pour out that revelation upon us now. In today's day and age, in these last days, so that we could walk in boldness and authority and see the will of God advance and do destruction to the enemy's kingdom. I'm aware you've been standing this whole time. I have one more scripture. Luke 10, 19, and 20. We'll go back there. So if you've already opened to it, mark it, please. The other scripture I want to go to is James 2, 19, by the way. Um, I didn't tell Brother Chris back there about the scriptures, so I'm just going to go. There's a lot of them, so um, praise the Lord anyhow. We're not going to have the screen, so hopefully you guys got your Bibles. James 2.19, Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe, and they tremble. 
I want to preach for a few moments on a sermon I've titled, The Devil's Doubt. The Devil's Doubt. Pastor, would you pray for us? Lord Jesus, we loose the authority and the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray for your anointing to touch Brother Chris and let him be as an oracle of the Lord. I bind the spirit of darkness in this generation. I loose the power of the Holy Ghost. I loose your will. I loose healing. I loose deliverance. I loose empowerment. I loose the power of the Holy Ghost to, to just to consume and touch every heart, mind, and soul. Let every one of us leave here differently than the way we walked in. I loose your will in this hour for this generation in Jesus name amen amen thank you pastor you may be seated thank you for standing for so long I want to start by giving honor to my pastor um, who so graciously has opened this pulpit to me for the past probably six years it's crazy how time flies Um, I genuinely thank you for that uh, isn't it great to have a pastor that, that supports the young ministers and supports the call of God and wants to exalt others? Amen. It means so much. Words um, cannot even come close to how thankful I am for that, so I deeply appreciate you for that. Um, I just want to say that I have thoroughly enjoyed watching uh, God advance ministers and ministries and families all over this church the past month. I have, it has truly blessed my soul watching Tanner uh, really advance into deep things, watching Gabe, watching Ashton, watching Jeremy, watching pastors on fire right now. And, and I could name every single one of you. But it's truly blessed my spirit and I'm very thankful for it. I believe God is doing a new thing. And I do believe that we're not going back. There is a special anointing that's been poured out on many ministries and families in this church. And I believe with every fiber of my being that God is going to use many in this room mightily before the return of our Lord. Amen. I mean that. I, I, I believe that with every fiber of my being. If you have your doubts, I believe for you. Trust me, God's got your back, and it's going to turn out for your good. This is an unorthodox message for me. Um, the Lord gave me two words um, distinctly that I know are from the Lord, and so I'm going to talk about those two words. We're going to have an altar, and God's going to fall in this house. The first word, I'm going to kind of tell you how it came about. I was in my car on my way home from work listening to a podcast. It was Brother Herod's podcast. I think it's uh, the Missions Table. Um, Have anybody heard of that? I listened to it on Spotify. It's a really, really good podcast. I suggest you guys um, look it up and plug into that. There's a lot of knowledge and wisdom in that. But as I was looking for an episode, I kind of just scrolled and one just leaped off at me, and I think it's, it said something about um, giants. Like, oh, in the, in the land of giants, that's all it said. And so I clicked on it, started listening to it. They had their introductory statements and their, you know, intro and all that. And about 
three or four minutes in, uh, he introduces Brother Robinette. And that was his guest. I had no idea. And I really felt like God said, whenever I heard Brother Robinette speak, that I need to listen very closely. And so I began to plug in and, and really perk up and listen. And as usual, Brother Robinette said a lot of very compelling things. A lot of things that lifted my faith, a lot of things that I was clapping my hands and saying hallelujah about on the road. Um, but there was one thing in particular that happened that, um, that really touched me and that God spoke on. And, and what that was, was uh, he, he actually was talking about Bangladesh, the crusade that they had in Bangladesh. And closer, it was a little echoey. Um, so it was the... the Crusade in Bangladesh, and the, the question that the podcast host asked him was, what, what miracle has happened in your ministry that's really stuck with you, that you'll never forget? And he said, well, that's an easy one. He said, I wrote about it in my book, and it happened in Bangladesh Crusade. He said there was a young minister there that uh, was young to the ministry, didn't have a ton of experience, and uh, he had never seen a miracle before in his life. He'd heard about them, but he'd never seen anything with his own eyes. And so they had, I don't remember this, maybe when you were there, I'm not sure, I know they've been multiple times, but they had some type of a meeting where people that were sick and needing miracles from God got in a line and went down uh, to separate ministers and got prayed for. And he said the very first one in his line uh, was a man whose ear was missing. Has anyone heard the story? His ear was completely missing. He, he explained it like all the outside stuff was gone. Just the hole was there. And he said this young man was like, set back for a moment. I was like, God, are you serious? Like, can I get a headache? Can I get like a pulled ligament or something? This guy needs a body part. <laughs> and it, it's funny. And he's being real about it, too. Because a lot of us would have the same feelings. But we serve a miracle-working God, don't we? He created uh, the first man and woman out of dirt, so that's nothing for him. Brother Robinette went on to say that when this, when this young man was having those thoughts and, and fighting, uh, assuredly fighting doubt and trying to stay in faith, God told him, if you will pray for him and have faith that I can do this, you're going to see much more than just this. And so he said the moment that he heard that, he stretched forth his hand and put it over that hole and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command the miracle to happen right now. Whenever he said that, he felt something on his hand and it startled him and he yanked his hand back and there was an ear on that man's head. Praise God. Amen. Here's the part, the reason I tell all that story is the moment that he finished that and said that there was an ear on that man's head, God told me, the time is now. I'm going to say that one more time. I don't say this lightly. God told me right after I heard that miracle that we would just, in our wildest dreams, think you know, happens maybe in distant countries. God said, the time is now. For your ministries, for the city of Catusa, for your church. God is about to break loose 
in our church. God is about to break loose in our ministries. God is about to break loose in our communities. If you believe that, I want you to stand to your feet and shout. Hallelujah. 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 The time is now. Yesterday is over. The blessings and the anointing that you've prayed for yesterday has come now. Today is the day. It is upon you. It is upon you. It is upon you right now. And I say that under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost of God. This is not me trying to get you to your feet and clap your hands. God has a, something new that he is doing, and he wants us to plug into it and sell out to it. The time is now. It's time to bring all those that are afflicted to the house of God. It's time to bring all those who are sick to the house of God. It's time to bring all those who are depressed, all those who are afar off. It's time to gather them together and tell them, I know where your answer is. I know where you can get help. I know who can give you the answers that your heart is sought after. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. The mighty God and the Prince of Peace. Our healer and our salvation. Hallelujah. Shout Jesus. Shout it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel something in this house that's going to transform you if you want it. It's got nothing to do with me. God forbid I would come off that way, but the Holy Ghost of God has ordained a moment for some of you that you have been praying for for a long time to come to pass tonight. God will do it. Somebody say that with me. God will do it. I'm sick of hearing the devil tell us lies. I'm sick of him telling us God isn't going to do it. And you put your faith in that garbage. That little worm that God has put under our feet. The Bible said that he crushed his head on Calvary. This is why it's so important. I was talking to some of you about this in the prayer. This is so important that you prophesy the word of God every single day. God has been trying to get us to get a hold of that for like years, probably before I was ever here. And it takes a lot of discipline to really submit and do that. It is very, very important. God wants us, and don't misunderstand me. I used to hear people talk about prophesying, and it kind of freaked me out. You, you can be seated about, you know, what it brings my mind to is name it and claim it. Does anyone of you know what name it and claim it is? That's not what we do here. I think pastor would confirm that. It's not what we're about. Thank God. Yeah, it doesn't work anyways, does it? Lord, I'm going to have a million dollars. And it's like, hey, I'll take it. But it's not the word of God. When we say prophesy, 
If the word of God says it, it is yours. It's not just saying it as something that's like motivational or something that's about pastor or about bishop or about Randy. It is yours. The creator of heaven and earth said, I give this to you. Now you can pick it up and take it if you want, or you can let the devil, what he's trying to give you every single day, or you can take that as your identity. It's up to you. But this is yours if you want it. It's very important that we remind ourselves of that out loud. That's prophesying. Amen. I remember Brother Jeremy and I, we had a man that was standing right here. I don't know if you remember this. It was Spirit of Antioch about the second year that I was in church. So I don't know what, when that would be with Spirit of Antioch. But there was a, a guy that was right here. He's probably in his 20s, and he was deaf. Do you remember this, Brother Jeremy? I'll never forget it. And we were up here praying and praising the Lord, as we do at Spirit of Antioch. I think it was Miracle Sunday. That's right. And, and I felt like God, Jeremy and I felt like God was going to restore his hearing. He had hearing aids in, and, and we knew that's what he was seeking. That's what he came forward for. And so we asked Pastor if this is okay, this is what I feel, and Pastor, uh, per the usual, said, go. In faith, go, now. And so Jeremy and I came to him. We asked him politely to take his hearing aids out. We believe God's going to restore your hearing. And we began to pray for his ears. Jeremy was on this side of him. I was on that side of him. And we tested it, and his ear was this close to my mouth, and I'm speaking to him, he can hear nothing. And that hearing aid comes out, he could hear nothing. He, I'd ask him, shake your head yes if you can hear me, and it was just nothing. His other ear, I think he had, if I remember correctly, like 20%. And so we're praying and praying, and probably, we think, five minutes or so. It wasn't an instantaneous, like, touch. Um, but I distinctly remember... Putting my, I'm sure Jamie was doing the same thing on the other side, but I distinctly remember putting my hands on his ears and speaking in tongues. And when I removed my hand from his ears, I was still talking in tongues, and I said, can you hear me? And this is probably the 50th time I've said it. And he said, yes. And I stepped back, speaking in tongues. I said, can you hear me? He said, yes. I started speaking in tongues, stepped back, can you hear me? About me to the pulpit, he said, yes. Like, this guy's hearing better than I am at this point. And so we started jumping and leaping and dancing and praising God. Amen. And an unfortunate ending to that story is I have no clue how this happens. I'm sure there's some theology for it. But he put his hearing aids out of his pocket, put them back in his ears, and went and sat down. And after service, I went to check with him, and he was completely deaf. I have no clue how that happened, um, but I know for a 100% fact that God restored his hearing when he was standing up here praising God. I think it's very important to say, give me those hearing aids and crush them on the ground at that point. <laughs> Lesson was learned. And if someone's in a wheelchair and they get up and they start walking, you take that thing from them. <laughs> They're not getting that back. Right. I'm not even going to try to touch that theologically. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. 
I believe without doubt the door is open to break out of what you've been fighting and step into a different arena with God. Door's been open since the spirit of Antioch. Uh, Brother Robinette talked about that door. And he said that it's cracked open and you better not miss this opportunity. And I believe without a shadow of a doubt that it is still open. And some of you, or the devil's lying to some of you. Lord told me this when I was constructing this, this part of this message. He said, some people think that they missed it. They missed their opportunity. I'm here to tell you that that door is still open. And it is not too late. God will walk you through it tonight. God, I promise, I promise, will walk you through it tonight. If you think you missed it, the devil's a liar. You didn't miss it. You will not be the same if you come up tonight. God will walk you through that door. I don't understand why God heals some and not others. I don't get it. I'm I'm not going to stand up here and act like I have all the answers. Um, There's a whole array of beliefs that can be proven with the Bible. I'm going to tell you plainly, I do not know why. One thing I know is that God's still a healer. One thing I know is he still opens deaf ears. He still restores the the blind sight. He still heals cancer. He still is in the healing business. I know that for sure. Something else that I know I can learn how to talk. It's it's really helpful when you're preaching a message to speak proper English. It's really hard to to convey a, a point to somebody when you don't know how to speak. But one thing I do understand is that the devil wants to pervert your experience to rob your faith of the miraculous. There's something about humankind that we focus on the negative. I don't know why. Some of us do it more than others. Um, I'm guilty. We were just at prison ministry, and, and we had an awesome service. And there's probably, how many in there? 50, something like that, ballpark. Yeah. 55 are engaged. Why am I staring at the, the dead heads on the back that are sitting down and not engaged? Why? I recognize that right then, and, and I, I prayed, God, would you help me, if it was opposite, look at nothing but the five that are engaged. It doesn't matter. The angels in heaven rejoice over one. But the devil wants to, to every single time somebody needs prayer and they're sick, or somebody is needing a miracle, or, or you're or you have something to pray for, the devil wants to pervert your past experience and rob your faith for the miraculous. We are going to see things that we've never seen before in this church, in our ministries, in our families, in our workplaces. If we will walk in boldness and stand on what the Word of God says, we will see things we've never seen before. God gave me four different groups of people. I already named one. That at the end of service, I'll just give you a, a preview. I'm going to call you up. I believe four different issues God's going to heal tonight. And one of them is restoring faith for the miraculous. I believe without a shadow of a doubt, God's going to do that. And I'm going to call them all at the same time, so no one's going to know what you're coming up here for. 
I believe God, so we've talked about all the miraculous things that we believe God's going to do. We've talked about this river of God that, that we need to jump in, as Gabe said, I think he's back there, um, that we need to jump in this river and sell out to God, and, and God's going to do things that we've never seen before, and that is absolutely the truth. And I believe God gave me insight in, in, in just one aspect of what he is going to do behind the scenes to make that happen, make that become a reality. What that is, is he's going to dispatch angelic help in this church like we've never before seen. Now, this is a little out there. Some of you may be like, oh, he's talking about prophecy. Now he's talking about angels. (laughs) I'm going to put some walls up. Just relax. Calm down. We're going to see what the Bible says about angels. How many of you know angels are in the Bible? (laughs) Matthew 18, verse 10 and 11. Jesus said when he was speaking of, of little children, he's talking to his disciples. See that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. God assigns an angel to every baby that's brought into this world. Every baby has an angel. According to the words of Jesus, not my words. Acts chapter 12, verse 14 and 15 Give some context here. James, the brother of John, was just killed. Herod just killed him, and he saw that it pleased the people. And so he now has Peter hemmed up, and he's about to kill Peter. The church is gathered together in a house praying, praying without ceasing. And that's the context that we see here, and they're praying for Peter's liberty. They're praying that God would somehow get Peter out of this, this predicament. And there's a knock at the door. And the scripture picks up in verse 14, when she recognized Peter's voice. So Peter's been broke out by angels. I'm not going to talk about all that. That's a sermon by itself. And he comes walking up to where all his brothers and sisters are. And he's knocking at the door like, hey, I'm not really liking being out here. I just got broken out of prison. Like a Roman guard comes walking by. That's not a great situation to be in. And so he's knocking on that door. And in her joy, she did not open the gate but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. She went into the prayer meeting. She says, you guys, you would not believe what happened. God answered our prayer. He's standing at the gate. And they said to her, you are out of your mind. They ridiculed her. I'm not even going to touch that. But that's what happened. That's what the Bible says. They said, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting, yes, yes, Peter is out there. He's knocking. I heard his voice. Here's why I'm bringing this up. And they kept saying repeatedly, not just one of them said this, They all kept saying, it is his angel. It's not Peter, it's his angel that you're hearing. First century Judaism understood something that, in my opinion, we've largely lost. They had an understanding of of angelic help and the reality of angels in the lives of believers and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe it's the will of God that we gain it back because it's not just to have some, some... understanding, go on some deep dive, and, and you know, because you like odd things, so you're going to re- learn about angels. That's not at all what this is about. But it does something to you when you realize that God in heaven is listening for your prayers. And when you pray them, he is dispatching angels in response to them. There are angels in this room right now, and that's not me being, you know, uber spiritual. That's me knowing what the word of God says. We all have angels, The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Who fears the Lord in here? Angels are in our midst right now. 
right now. And they're going to help the word of God go forth and accomplish what he gave it to me to accomplish. It's going to happen. Amen. I want to look at Daniel 10. We're still on angels. I'm going to get through this quick because I'm I'm aware of the time. Actually, no, I'm not. (laughs) I'll, I'll do my best. Daniel chapter 10. Uh, verse 12, give a little bit of context here briefly. Daniel, how many of you are familiar with the book of Daniel? Me and Pastor were talking about how incredible uh, a man Daniel was. He was an incredible, incredible saint of God, Old Testament saint of God. And he received a, I can't remember if it was a vision or a dream, but some mysterious revelation was revealed to him. And he began to seek God about it. And, and he, the Bible says that he, he fasted, and this is where we get Daniel's fast from. He fasted, and for three weeks, he afflicted his flesh and prayed to God for the answer of this. And three weeks to the day, the Bible says, an angel showed up. And he said, and I'm not going to get a lot into this, but he said that uh, the, the prince of Persia has withstood me. He said, I've been trying to come uh, since day one. Since you started praying, but I was withstood. And God saw that, dispatched Michael. Michael took care of business, and the messenger came and and started talking with Daniel. And I want to look at verse 12. Then he, the angel, said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. This is very, this is, I didn't think about this when I was preparing this, but this is why prophecy is so important. Why what comes out of your mouth is extremely important. Um, God's listening and dispatching angelic help uh, according to what you're praying, what you're believing, and what you're speaking. And, And a side note here is, He said, from the first day you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God. That's that fast. So God heard his prayer whenever he was coupling it with fasting. And that's why it's very important that we fast regularly. Um, You don't go out and broadcast it and tell everyone about how spiritual you are, obviously. Uh, But when you afflict your flesh with fasting weekly, in my opinion, but whatever the Lord would have you to do, If you don't do it currently, once every other week. But when you do that, you you get a certain sensitivity to God. And you will hear the voice of God with clarity that you don't hear it when you're not. And and it's very, very important that we do that. And when we do that, we couple it with prayer. And so God dispatched an angel to Daniel uh, to, to minister to him and to give him understanding to answer his prayer. We see the same thing. We don't have to turn there, but in Acts chapter 10 with Cornelius, it said that he was a righteous man and that he he always prayed to God and he always was giving alms. And one day it came up as a memorial before God. And what did God do? He sent an angel to Cornelius. And and it ended with Cornelius being the first Gentile, along with his household, to ever receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. This was angelic help. He connected him supernaturally to Peter, and the rest was history. It's very important that we understand that God still dispatches angels to his people to accomplish his purposes. 
There's a reason I'm talking about this. And there's a reason I'm going to continue talking about it for about another five or ten minutes. Because we've got to understand this and partner with God in faith. Now, I'm not going to say we should be talking to angels and commanding angels. I haven't dug into that. I've heard people preach that. That is not at all what I'm saying. We talk to God, but God will send them. He will send them. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to tell a quick testimony, an experience that I had. Uh, So about, let me think here, about six years ago, um, I was submitting to what God had shown me when I very first came to him. It's a very long story, but he was showing me stuff about um, aerospace and airplanes and engineering. Look to your neighbor and say, that's weird. I'm fully aware. Uh, but he was showing me these things, and I knew it, and he wouldn't allow me to get away from it. And so I had to go to school for engineering with a 1.9 GPA out of high school. Can you see the difficulties? <laughs> That's walking in faith. That is walking in faith, I promise you. It's a different flavor, but it's, I had to have faith for sure for that. Um, and so I was, I was studying trigonometry because I knew I was about to have to take it, and I hadn't been in school in five years. So it's not like I was terrible at school, and then the next year, at least while I was fresh on my memory went to school, it was like five years after being terrible. So it was just like I may as well have been a kindergartner at this point. And... And I was studying this trigonometry, and I'd, I'd, I'd watch videos, and I would take quizzes, and I was following it all up into a certain point. And I would watch these videos, and, and I would go to take this quiz, and it'd be wrong, 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 0%. And I'm like, I mean, I got a 25% chance with multiple choice. Like, how am I getting zero? <laughs> and I'd study a little bit more. I'm like, I'm not going to get discouraged. I got this. I'm going to keep studying. I'll be good. And take that quiz. Wrong, 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 wrong. And so I thought, you know what? Yeah, I distinctly remember this. This was on a Saturday. I thought, you know what? I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm not going to lose faith. Um, I'm going to go relax and take a nap. How many of you know naps are from the Lord? <laughs> and I went and took a nap. And this is a simple prayer I prayed. I didn't have a two-hour Holy Ghost breakthrough moment where I'm dripping sweat off my nose. All I said was, God, you called me to do this. I heard your voice. And I've hit a mental block, and I really did. I couldn't understand it. I said, I hit a mental block, and I don't get how to do this. But God, you made my brain. And you know exactly where I'm not understanding this. And so I just asked that you would teach me. That was it. Lay back, went to sleep. As I slept, I had a dream. And in this dream, an angel came to me and sat on the side of my bed and began to talk with me. And as this angel spoke with me, I just remember that I kept having a bunch of aha moments. Like I was like, oh, oh, that's what that is. Oh, I understand. Oh, I should have got that. That's the best way I can explain it. I don't know what he said. But every single time, the the end of it was me understanding. And I woke up, and I knew God just touched me. And so I thought, I'm going to put this thing as a test. Typical engineer, Caleb, we're going to scrutinize the seeming evidence. And so I went, sat down in the same chair, did not review anything. I'm telling you the truth before God. Didn't look at anything. Sat down, took that test. Right, 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 
it clicked. And ever since then, I never once hit another wall in, in my schooling. And I got my degree this past May, a year ago this past May, and I'm currently going for my master's degree uh, because that's the will of the Lord. And when you do what God shows you to do, no matter what it is, God will empower you to do it. Doesn't that make sense? If you hear the voice of God, it doesn't matter what it is. It does not matter what it is. When you hear the voice of God, you follow it, and you go, and the provision of God will meet you there. The whole reason I brought up that story is because God dispatched an angel in response to my prayer, and it changed me. It was what I needed. And I'm not bragging on myself at all, but I want to instill faith in, in, in God's capacity and willingness to send angels to us, to partner with us, and help us to do the will of God. Psalm 91, 11, and 12, For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Hebrews chapter 1, 13, and 14. This is the last one on angels. But to which of the angels said, said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? And then here's why I'm bringing this up. Are they not all ministering spirits? This is Paul or whoever wrote Hebrews. Some say Paul. It's a story for another day. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Again, these first century Jews, they got it. They understood something very spiritual that we did not. Um, but I want you to notice something that he says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister? I've always said to them who shall, who shall be heirs of salvation. The word does not say to them. Does somebody have their Bible and they can help me read this just in case I'm reading this wrong? It says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Every minister in this church, when you step behind the pulpit and you're teaching a Bible study and you're out knocking doors, Tanner, your angel is with you, helping you to advance the kingdom of God. They're going before you and helping you to speak anointed words and to speak what you ought to speak. They're, they're tilling the grounds of the hearts of the people before you ever get to them. The word says that they are they sent forth to minister for us, not to us. I always envision them, you know, angels coming and whispering in your ear, um, you know, encouragement when you need it and helping you and, and speaking a word of God into your spirit. I'm sure that that's biblical as well, but that's not what this scripture says. It says they minister for us. Amen. I'm going to have to skip over some things because... I have no idea how long it's been. <laughs> 41? Okay. All right, so I'm going to skip down. I have one other word. As I said, I had two. One was the time is now. The other uh, was given to me uh, before CR. We were praying in the, in the auditorium. And as I was praying, I felt the Holy Ghost fall. And God reminded me of James 2.19. We already read it. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well, the devils also believe and tremble. 
As I spoke this verse in prayer, God spoke to me and he said that the devil is beginning to doubt. The devil is beginning to get consumed with doubt. And whenever he said that to me, I don't know how to explain this, but I started laughing. And, and it just really caught me off guard because I start laughing in the middle of a deep prayer and it was really just my spirit rejoicing because he gave me insight that the devil is doubting his own tactics and schemes that he has employed against the ministries in this church. That's right. That is right. Let that, let that sink in for a moment. Let that sink in for a moment. The devil is beginning to doubt his own tactics. He comes up to you and he tells Tanner that uh, he lies to him, tells him, you can't believe what God said. Is God really going to do that? We see it in, in uh, the book of Genesis where he caused us to question the word of God and he's very crafty and cunning. But really, behind closed doors, when he steps away from the saint, he's consumed with doubt. He is consumed with doubt because he's thrown everything that he could possibly throw at this church. He's given it everything that he has. But yet here we are. Yet we're still on fire. Yet we're still seeking God. Yet we're still believing the word of God. And he is a nervous wreck. Hallelujah. 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 His back is about to be broken. The devil's back is about to be broken in your life tonight. He doesn't want you to get a hold of what I'm talking about. He is a nervous wreck. And he is about to be broke down in this house tonight. People are going to leave this place with altars and yokes of bondages left on the ground. If you need a healing in this house, these altars are open right now for you to come get it. If you need God to break loose in your life, God is going to do it. And the devil can do nothing to stop it. He is a weak, defeated foe. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, King Jesus. Blessed be your name, King Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. Do what you feel right now in the Holy Ghost. Be loose right now in the Holy Ghost. Pray in faith. Pray in faith. That chain has no more power over you. God's breaking the chain right now. Right now. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. You will never be the same after this moment. Press into God and you will never be the same after this moment. God is here right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
That's it. Loose that. Loose that. Loose that. The devil's a liar. God will do it. God will do it. God will do it. God is doing something right now. He is up to something. He is up to something. God is doing something right now. He is healing someone. He is saving someone. God is doing something right now. He is healing someone. He is saving someone. God is doing something right now. He is healing someone. He is saving someone. God is doing something right now. He is moving. He is saving someone. God is doing something right now. He is moving mountains, making a something right now. He is moving mountains, making a way for someone. God is doing something right now. He is moving mountains, making a way for someone. God is doing something right now. He is moving mountains, making a way for someone. God is doing something of my hope is in the name, the name of Jesus. Breakthrough will come, come in the name, the name of Jesus. He is up to something, he is up to something, God is doing something right now. 
He is up to something. God is doing something right now. He is healing someone. He is saving someone. God is doing something right now. He is healing someone. He is saving someone. God is doing something right now. He is moving mountains, making a way for someone. God is doing something right now. He is moving mountains, making a way for someone. God is doing something right now. He is moving mountains, making a way for someone. Something right now. It's moving mountains, making a way for someone. God is doing something right now. All of my hope is in the name, the name of Jesus. Breakthrough will come, come in the name, the name of Jesus. Something happened. 
In the presence of my Savior. 